right, Buzz Buzz Babies, we are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz, and this week I've got a awesome writer who's very stylish, very talented, uh, just all around awesome, and according to Charlie Stickney, has one of the best books that Scout has ever published. Quote, unquote, he said that. I heard him say that. I've got Ben Kahn in the house tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to talk comics, and we're going to nerd out, and we're going to have a good fucking time. Ben, how you doing? Whoa, I'm feeling great, especially after that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I'm feeling good. I, I'm in a I'm in a Discord uh with with uh with with some of the scout guys and I I talked about I was talking about Heavenly Blues and cuz it's it I love it. It's so good. And and yeah, Charlie Charlie popped in uh, and, and he was like that's one of the best things Scout has put out. And then like a couple other people in the chat were like, Ooh, what's this? What's going on? And, and, he, and he was like, oceans. What did he say? He said like oceans 11 meets Constantine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I usually at conventions pitch it as like uh, oceans 11 meets the good place. Like nice. Oceans 11 in heaven and hell. Yeah. No, oh, that one heavenly blues. That's my baby right there. It's so that good. One, and I, I love all my work, but that one's, that one's <laughs> real near and dear. It's um some things are loved more equally. <laughs> I I really dig heist stories and but you know the problem with heist stories is uh, when you get into some of these like uh popular genres is it you you have to try really hard to stick out, right? Like you you got to you got to you got to come hard basically and 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 really like put it all out there on the table and 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 you know do something interesting to to make it stand out which you do that over and over and over again, both with uh, character work, with dialogue. Uh, I love the art. Art and colors are great. Bruno Hidalgo, what what an absolute champion! This amazing artist. Like I don't know why he hasn't been snatched up like for more books. Like I know he's doing a lot in the European market. I don't know why he hasn't been snatched up to do more on this side of the pond. He's incredible. We yeah. did three books together. We did Shaman, Heavenly Blues, and then Griffin. Um, he's so good. Like the vibe and the attitude and the character work he brings to everything is just like mwah. <laughs> that, that is the chef's kiss. It is it's very much chef's kiss. Like it's uh I, I picked up the trade from from your shop, which we'll we'll shout out later because I know you just recently relaunched your shop kind of a few weeks ago, right? Yes, and, I finally uh, got around to uh giving the website the old <laughs> once every three years maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> but there it's uh I mean I, we might as well get into it. It's, it's Scout is re-releasing this trade. Yes, it is coming out in bookstores uh, this August with a brand new cover by uh, series artist Bruno Hidalgo. Oh no, I may have to double dip. I didn't know it had a new cover. Yes, we have a new, we have a new uh trade paperback cover. Oh man, for, it's, for the bookstores. Already I I've been talking to you for 4 minutes, you're already costing me money. Uh. <laughs> no, that's cool. So how does that happen though? Cuz I'm I'm used to scout like uh picking up kickstarters or, or picking up like self-published stuff and then and then relaunching them, right? But I've never seen them relaunch a book that was already theirs like is that a normal thing or is this different like what happened with that so what this is is this originally came out in uh from 2017 uh and then the trade was released in like the first wednesday of 2019 like literally like january 2nd 2019 
I believe. Um, so it really ran from 2017 to 2018. So at that time, uh, Scout had diamond distribution through the comic book stores. Since then, and since the first volume came out in comic stores, uh, Scout is now has a bookstore distribution. So, you know, your Barnes and Nobles, your, I don't know, whatever replaced Borders as another <laughs> bookstore brand. So um, now it's just since that's like a whole distribution channel that the original trade wasn't um, distributed to back then. Uh, now we've, uh, we're relaunching it for the new uh, the new market. So it's just getting a kind of a new reprint, essentially just a new reprinting for bookstores. Cool. Well, now, so because I, I did notice, and I, I'm sorry if this is like taboo to say, but Amazon, you can pre-order it right now on Amazon. I, I saw that because yeah. uh, I went to oh, your yeah. Amazon page. Um, however, on- people, however people experience this story, like if you like share it with your friends, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, local bookstore, like find it at a bus stop, like however you experience <laughs> the story, I think that's the coolest. People actually reading stuff I make is the coolest fucking thing in the entire world. So however people experience it, I'm so into it. <laughs> I, I I hear it does feel good to to publish things. Not not just publish things and have them in shops, but like when people read it and, and enjoy it and tell you about it, right? Like that's wild. Wild <laughs> fucking surreal. So I I love Aaron so much, Ben. Like I I I would I want like I love the cast and the crew and and everybody in, in the book, but like Aaron is just so great and uh, she's so fun. I mean, like I feel like she was a blast to write. I, and I, I was there. I, I mean, I, a lot of these characters have real strong moments. Great, lots of charm, lots of heart. Uh, everybody feels fully realized and shows up great on the page, right? Great dial, great snappy, fun dialogue, um, great action. Uh, everybody acts different in, in all these, you know, different circumstances. Like you're a really great character writer. Oh, and I've seen you. that in some of your other, some of your other stuff too. Uh, but I mean, these, these are just, I love, I love your stuff. Okay. So like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I, I can talk heavenly blues. Like, I mean, those characters, <laughs> I mean, I got to make an all-star thief team from thief archetypes from all across history. And I managed to do it without even having any time travel. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I dig to- your heaven and hell. Like, like the way you do heaven and hell. It's very interesting. This was like, I mean, heavenly blues was, like it was a lifetime of influences coming together into one thing like it's a intense love of the heist genre it's a lifetime of fascination and questioning about the afterlife um you know love a different hell like the flashback structure comes from lost the each of them having their own like kind of signature color that they're always dressed in and have their narration bubbles in that's because the Marvel Netflix shows were doing that at the time. And I thought that's <laughs> such a great way of just making the characters a little bit more iconic and recognizable. Like part of my thinking was, okay, a reader who, you know, it, maybe there's been a like, uh, it's been a while since the last issue. Maybe it's been like two or three months since like they read the most recent issue. You know, maybe they're not going to remember the name Amunet off the top of their head. But when they see, oh, green ancient Egyptian girl, like I know exactly who that <laughs> is. Like, so the idea was to make the 
them so different in their role in the heist, their iconography, like their era that they came from, the color they're associated with, make it so there was just so many things to associate with a character that even if you, for the life of you, you can't remember their name, you still remember a lot, like their design and their personality and their role and what they're doing. That's that's dope. So I so I was raised Catholic, right? And I'm not anything anymore, I think, because I was raised Catholic. Like, I, like once you start asking questions, like, religion gets mad at you, I feel well, like. Okay, that's the thing. I'm Jewish. We're nothing but questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are like, you're supposed to do it. Like, you can question everything. So, like, we didn't have heaven and hell. Like, I learned heaven and hell, like, secondhand from a guy, from a kid on the bus, like, in the third grade who's hearing it, who's remembering what he's heard, like, at Sunday school. And so I'm just here. I'm like, okay, I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> like a lot of like, real, you have an infinite torture dimension. That's a terrible thing to have. Why would anyone have that? <laughs> that's yeah, like, it's weird. Who, who counts? Like be, slavery used to be okay. Are there slavers in heaven? Like, do they get into heaven and then God later goes, hey, look, we actually time moved on. Turns out slavery really bad. Now you have to go to hell. We like, got how how is this decision. supposed to work? <laughs> Who's deciding this? Oh, so man, that's, that's great. Part of this was me trying to create a version of heaven and hell that really was like, I have so many questions about the world building of this place. <laughs> so <laughs> Heavenly Blues is kind of my attempt to like world build out heaven and hell into like to answer all of my, those questions I had on the school bus in third grade and try to make them seem like real physical places that you can understand and see people living in for decades or centuries at a time like you can it's you know and this was the frustrating thing was how many things are just like it's a life even though you know <laughs> they're dead this, i had to confront this i had to call myself out and lamp and put the lampshade on that like i'm not always trying to be clever or like camp with all like what i'm using like life or death like in the like in assembly it's just so fucking prevalent in language that it can't be avoided <laughs> what made you want to separate the egyptians well you 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 don't you you separate them but they're there like they're in this world but they're very much like their own entity like beside heaven and hell kind of like where well that's, what made again, you that's do again, that? that's again needing an answer to another question of me going like hold on a fucking minute okay so christians came up with heaven and hell let's pretend that's real that shit's only two thousand years old <laughs> when people go when they died before jesus like what was it so this was my attempt to game it out and be like okay so all the pre-christianity afterlifes like were built out first and then like heaven and hell and the demons and angels and Yahweh and Satan took over and there's like, yeah, hey, thanks for setting up all this real estate. This ours now, <laughs> except for the Egyptians who became like this. And like, so, and again, that was very much this mindset of hell having lots of districts, lots of different like towns based on different eras and geographies. Like I really wanted hell to seem like this very kind of like Frankenstein patchwork of a, of a, like an eternally sprawling city under this beating red sun. <laughs> um, there was a lot of, um, we looked like, we liked the idea of like just 
hell constantly stacking on top of each other. So there was a lot of uh, Rio de Janeiro influences in hell. And then heaven was a lot more um, kind of bougie Brooklyn and Paris, like kind of New York metropolitan with European village feel. I just love that you called heaven bougie. Like I'm going to remember that forever. <laughs> oh, the, the heaven of heavenly blues is really bougie. Like notice that there's plenty of likable characters in hell and nobody fucking likable. In yeah, yes. That, that was very smart. I think well, on I your part. Love him, so especially for white people, it's like, say you get, it, it's like, Hey, you're a good person. You're an inherently good person. And now you get infinite good person rewards where you're just in good forever. What kind of insufferable assholes would that kind of culture create? <laughs> like the most insufferable. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I haven't met many. So like I said, I grew up I Catholic and... I also like, didn't have space to develop more characters. Like, and I was kind of like, once they were there, I kind of had to just sprint to the end. I'm like, I only got so many pages. <laughs> you know, but that's funny because it does. It didn't feel rushed. Like, I I feel like I feel like your your main cast and and you know the the, the even the you know the side roles that you know the, the people we you know like the npcs or whatever you know like and not in the negative way but just like the people that guide our protagonists all along on their quests um you know nothing felt rushed and and it was cool meeting new people and it was cool seeing these new locales and and i will say like i definitely felt like like hell was a, like i was like i wouldn't other than the torture part like at the beginning like once we leave that like once we get into like the the wild west saloons and and then like the the kind of like the, the chinatown and like all these new all these like very rich in culture and and vibrant interesting places like teeming with like you know life and weirdness i was like this is i would hang out here like this doesn't seem like a terrible place yeah they, it was fun like honestly it was bittersweet leaving hell like as much <laughs> as i was excited for heaven um but, you know so much of like the world building was just like asking questions so like egypt is different because of like well that existed for thousands of years before the christianity came around and heaven and hell took over so that becomes almost like this gated community of just like <laughs> The super rich, like they exist almost outside of it, even though they ended up in, in the hell part of it. But um, yeah, like again, like just try to game it out. Like again, Aaron's character, and that was fun. Like again, it's like doing the angry, sweary little girl is always super fun. But to me, what was the driving core of it was this is like was the anger that had to be real, like this absolute boiling over rage at but what she feels like this huge karmic injustice that's been done to her and then the just disembodied the rage at being in a body that doesn't match her perception of herself mm -hmm. and having been stuck in a body that doesn't match her perception of herself for hundreds of years and having no way seemingly out of it like my mind my kind of north star with erin was writing it is like this is someone who yes does have 400 years of memories and experiences who thinks of herself very much as an adult who wants to be seen as an adult but at the same time has in a lot of way is a child's idea of what coming across as an adult is mm -hmm. so that means be going over to aggressive on violence anger swearing drinking like it's all stemming from both like insecurity and rage like she's it all goes like I want, really wanted the main characters to have different attitudes towards them being in hell. 
Like I wanted some of them to be a lot more like understanding, like not not necessarily repentant because I wanted them to exist outside of living up to any outside systems morality. Like I didn't want them to have like at no point was on the table the idea of like, oh, and then heaven accepts them because they've achieved redemption. Like that was never on the table, like <laughs> them adhering to like, you know, find it. It was never on the table for them to find validation in any moral system outside of the ones they've set for them they set for themselves um but no like, i wanted them to feel differently about damnation like i wanted you know isaiah to be like contemplative and understanding coin counter to be like fuck yeah only the good outlaws go to like only a shitty outlaw would go to heaven yeehaw bang 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 <laughs> um and aaron was really the one who's like i who feels in in her bones like in her deep in the marrow of her soul she feels she does not deserve to be in hell mm -hmm. she feels like she was a child who was given the worst hand possible tried to make the the only play she could think of to survive got killed for it and then was told she was a bad person for trying to have just like survived a nightmarish life yeah like this is someone like if there is cosmic justice out there it is clearly flawed. Aaron's perspective is that it is clearly and irrevocably flawed to the point of illegitimacy. Yeah, I, so what I found fascinating is that there's this like when we're young, we want to be older, right? Like, I'm tired of being a fucking kid. I want to be an adult because adults get to do anything they want. And then we get to be adults and we're like, well, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and there's nothing. We got like bills and responsibilities and like, this isn't fun. Yeah, if I could have just frozen at like 26, 27, like right? that was a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, I used to like my my late 20s and, and early 30s, I spent as a bouncer in a bar. And looking back now, I, I, I miss it. Like, I miss some things about it but a lot of it I don't miss but I like I lived a really weird life for seven years and and a lot of like when I tell stories about it sometimes people are like what and I'm like I it's just how it was you know like we we drank all the time and we worked till 4 a.m and then then we went to our manager's house and put a bunch of weird shit up our noses and some butts and anything else we could do and and then Sound I crawled like, home at 8 a.m <laughs> I mean that sounds like you lived that's <laughs> I <did>. <laughs> And it was it was fun, but it was just, you know, it was just I missed a lot too. Like, you know, working nights and like my friends and you know, for seven years, like the the bar was my family and 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 I didn't get to see my friends because they were living like that regular life and I was living the nightlife. But it, anyway, like you know, that that and notion of like sitcom about a bar. That'd be a great setter <laughs> sitcom. I would TV I was life. gonna Thank write a out. <laughs> yeah like talk talk to me i'll help write scripts yeah, it's um, crazy that no one's ever done a sitcom in a bar how has no one ever done a sitcom at a bar there's like bar adjacent stuff like in how i met your mother they're always at the bar and in the new how i met your father oh i'm just i'm just of, being i'm just being silly and facetious because cheers was like the most successful sitcom well, yeah, but decades. i feel like since since cheer it's like cheers and always sunny i feel like people are scared to do that now like because they're like we can't it's 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 like you can't dip it, your toes it, in that cheers water did it, cheers did it too well yeah, yeah. I, and also, I, I think they people, did. also i think people got a little too wise to the film of like wait a minute are all these characters just alcoholics is this show actually deeply sad <laughs> that's also true like oh these stories are great but then you think about it and you're like oh man like 
wow like you just did that every you just drank every day <laughs> like that's that's a thing and you did that yeah so it's you know we have these you know normatives and stuff you know that you're not supposed to like cross those kinds of boundaries because then you're like a bad or sad person but that's that's what i sometimes i miss it and also like a lot of times now i'm like I'm I don't miss crawling home at 8 a.m. several times a week. You know, like I, I like yeah. the quiet. I have that office life. I get I get sleepy at midnight now. You know, I can't even those days of like, you know, it's oh, yeah. of, of fucking like getting getting an Uber at 730 in the morning. Like I can't like I'm like, oh, man, that shit was weird. I can't even do like I need I need naps and rest. I'm 36. I'm old. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> got that like 2 a.m. to 11 a.m. sleep schedule no more. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because i used to write at night a lot uh when i when i wrote like fiction i got because i was like a i was i was in grad school i was in a creative writing program and stuff and and my ba is in creative writing and and so i used to i couldn't write during the day uh even before my bar days like i always wrote at night and i liked like i, I was never one that i couldn't go to like a cafe i didn't like writing in cafes i needed like quiet i needed to be by myself and like fight my own demons and like hack and peck on the keyboard and that was like the only noise i heard and uh and now i'm like it's funny when i write my reviews and stuff now when i work on the blog like i get up really early i get up at like you know 6 37 o'clock i make breakfast and then like i take my multivitamin and then i sit down and like work on comic reviews and stuff and i'm i think about it sometimes and i'm like what happened to you like it you might be the multivitamin if you have you tried taking the multivitamin at different times a day and seeing if it's like oh shit now i wanted to read the comic review oh shit no maybe, maybe i should multivitamin's do multivitamin's the secret that's the that's the creative that's the yeah. that's the magic elixir is the the men's one a day multivitamin yeah oh <laughs> shit not... i'm still on them flintstones chewables <laughs> i don't need i don't even need the nutrition i just like it for the chocolate just like, flavor I'm just, I'm just here i just for can't the... I just can't start my day without some chalk. <laughs> I do. They got the gummies now. There's like the Flintstone gummies and it's like, hey, but you know, anytime I hear gummies and I eat one and I don't feel real relaxed in about an hour and a half, I get sad. Right. <laughs> Those aren't the gummies we want anymore. <laughs> gummies mean something very, gummies mean something different now. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, like, yeah, that's, we're going to party a little bit. That's, I had yeah. the thought where I'm like, man, these taste really good. Like, has anyone ever thought to like make uh, like these gummies? like without weed like i feel like that could be an invention <laughs> i do that that's funny because i've been i've been okay, on yeah. a uh fruit chew skittles skittles has these new fruit snacks that are wildly delicious and they don't sell them everywhere and it's aggravating and so is that like skittles flavored starburst kind of deal yeah, yeah well they're not starburst is closer to taffy this is this is like straight straight like gummy bear fruit snack but they don't have okay. that they have more fruit flavor like they taste a lot better and they I got like the, I, I never liked skittles that texture was always like a big it's intense yeah I, like, i'm not a skittles fan can't do skittles after and after a like, bag your jaw's tired it's like worn out and then like they just you like normally just enjoying m&ms and then like a skittle sneaks in there and like what are you doing here <laughs> It's like it's like an almost jawbreaker. Like it, it like first you think you may crack a tooth, but you never really will. But yeah, there's always yeah, that little worry. Chocolate, then like, eh. I'm like, <laughs> what is this like sickly grape plastic that is in my mouth now? 
And then it turns into like, this is what I don't get about regulars. This is all right. So this is what I love about. I love when we go on these weird tangents. I this makes my day when you're doing, when you're eating a Skittle, right. And it's like, it's kind of chewy. Right. And you got to kind of like work to get it going. And then like the, the, the juice and your saliva, like mixed together and you get this like flavor concoction, but then it goes completely dry and you get this like weird powder in your mouth for a second. And it freaks me out. It's like, the, it's an unsatisfying candy experience at every <laughs> level. I don't know who's buying Skittles. I'm going to come out with a hot take here. Look, if this gets me canceled, so be it. Skittles, garbage candy. <laughs> don't don't I've taste never, the rainbow, ladies I've and gentlemen. I've never gone trick-or-treating and gotten Skittles. I've been like, oh boy. Everyone's been like, yeah, your house getting egged. Fucking <laughs> you on the list. Well, yeah, so you, definitely if you see them, try the Skittles gummies. They, they may they may I mean, blow I mean, your mind a little like bit really fruity gummies i'm in like i could devour a bag of like gummy strawberries yeah or, like a drop of strawberry juice in every gummy i'm like you didn't need to but thanks for going the extra mile just fucking let me inhale them <laughs> so, yeah. can i get just like, like can i just get like a sailor's rope of just like sour blue raspberry <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, appreciate the the good, the good like non uh, THC uh, imbued gummy like like I do. I, I've been, I've been on a weird kick. I keep like um, I spent fucking thirty bucks on uh on uh postmates the other night because i ordered a bunch of gummies from the gas station and a 12 pack of sprite and then and then i tipped and then i'm like I'm like man this is why you're broke all the time it's you're, you're lit up at fucking midnight on a saturday and you order like thirty dollars worth of gummies are, i feel like the sprites are maybe doing or is it thirty dollars of gummies or is like the sprite the most of that the Sprite, well, yeah, the Sprite, it was like eight bucks for a 12 pack and then, and then all the gummies. Oh, okay. And then like, and then I tipped like five. Well, so it ended up, yeah. yeah. And then it's that's, a, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, I love, I love the, uh, it's, it's dangerous. It's like with great, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And it's like, you like, can't, you can just get everything delivered to you, but you got to think about your bank account too. <laughs> I feel like in this like Narnia style, like, or whatever the fuck, like you must put childish things away, embrace adulthood. I feel like I made on like all of myself. It's like, Hey, you've got teeth that if they fall out, like you, they are not going to grow. New ones aren't going to grow back. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have fruit by the foot anymore. Like fruit roll up gone. Like no, fruit roll-ups in this diet <laughs> when, how, when you eat fruit roll-ups the la, i don't know if you could if, if you've eaten them recently or the last time did you ever like pop out the shapes and eat the shapes you know i was always a fat kid right so you know what i, I did, did as I, a kid like a fucking fool and then i discovered <laughs> weed and i'm like i don't have time for this wadded up in a ball and eat up it? into a ball right into the mouth yep, yes yep, yep. did we just become best friends <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Well, now, now I know. Now I know. I dig your stuff so much because we're we're candy. We're yeah. candy pals, and, well, and we're and we're nerd. We're nerd buds. My go-to snack, and this goes way back. This is like the snack I'd get when the short bus would take us to Hebrew school after the regular school, because Hebrew school wasn't like a thing. They like you'd take you to synagogue twice a week after your regular school, and then you just sit there for two hours learning. Like, and here's I don't know. Here's how Jonah got fucked up and got eaten by a whale. Like the fucking <laughs> douche he is. Like, and I would have my snack. 
I would have my snacks. I'd have an Arizona iced tea, the thing like the little powdered donuts and uh, sour cream and onion lays. And that was my go-to twice a week, fucking until I was 13 and got bar mitzvah. And I'm like, I'm never fucking coming back here again. <laughs> They're like, you can if you want. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I Do you know how many episodes of Digimon I've missed being here? You monsters. How dare you take my childhood away from me? <laughs> Internet video doesn't exist yet. And if it does, I'm still a solid like three years away from not from figuring that shit out. <laughs> I may never catch up, fully catch up on Tamers. <laughs> I, I was I thought about that the other day. I was I was talking to people about like, you know, when when we were kids and you know, it wasn't like today where uh, you can, w- when the new Marvel trailer drops or the new Matrix trailer or whatever new, hot, or the a- Avatar trailer, or whatever drops, you know, you go right, go right over to YouTube or or see someone retweeting it, watch it on your phone, watch it on your laptop, watch it on your tablet, watch it, wa- you know, you can w- watch this anywhere. Whereas like back in the day when, uh, I remember when like Independence Day came out, when we used to have to use newspapers to find movie times, right? Like this, I'm oh, aging yeah. myself here, but like. I, Independence Day, like I was six, like Independence Day was on the first one. I'm like, oh, this isn't like a Disney movie or a kids movie. This is like an adult movie. What if it's too complicated for me? Like, what if there's too many characters? What if I can't follow it or tell who the main character is? And I'm watching Independence Day. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I can figure this shit out. <laughs> turns out, turns out not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Pretty, it wasn't a, pretty easy. It wasn't the actually. complex narrative <laughs> that. <laughs> it wasn't no. like a Grant Morrison comic. <laughs> also, this fucking rules. Yeah, it was amazing. I watch Independence Day every 4th of July and it fucking rules every year. That is awesome. That is a really good tradition. More people should do that. It's, why wouldn't you? It's awesome. <laughs> like you could spend a whole bunch of dumb money. I used to I used to buy a lot of fireworks every year and I finally like cut that out. and Will Smith saving the world together. It might be the closest we get to a Firestorm movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good and, but any like I, I just i remember like when like back in those days where you couldn't like watch the trailer on the internet so you had to like you know it was like during football games and stuff on sundays when you got to like see these trailers and and we were we were talking about that because you know now like so many trailers expose too much of the movies i feel oh, like yeah. and, and marvel marvel's getting a little guilty of this too like with the tv spots and the three to four trailers before the movie like launches. They, they were oh, like, I was watching this movie for my podcast, Progressively Horrified. We were going, I was watching the movie, The Covenant from 2006. And I put on that trailer and they did like, in a world of Massachusetts, <laughs> like they reveal the entire plot in the trailer. Like, not just like, we're showing you scenes that show you what the story is. There is just a gravelly voiced man telling you, and this guy's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to write comics one day, right? Like I, I really want to transition from like reviewer to writer and like, I love the medium and, and I'm, I've, I'm starting to feel like comfortable and in, in thinking about that. Like I, 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 I talk to you all and I steal your ideas while we do these interviews and I accumulate this like massive well of, of creativity. But my dream goal is to do like a series of Kickstarters that are all different, but every Kickstarter trailer starts with like in a world. <laughs> Can I just like every, like I'd want everything I do to, to start like every solicit. If I'm ever in, if I'm ever in a previews magazine, like the solicit has to start with like in a world. And I want <laughs> every issue to start with that. If it's a five issue mini, every solicit one through five has to like, I don't know why I just, I feel like when that hits, when you hear that, 
like something inside of you gets excited, even though you've heard it a million times before. So it's, it's like bait, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's like you're a fisherman casting a line and you're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm going to bait, I'm going to bait my hook with this in a world well, and just, everyone's going to bite it in your head. You can hear the voice. Yeah. You read um, it and you hear it. <laughs> so, uh, um, on, I, I guess, you know, talking about, uh, you know, these, these other, uh, other elements of, of your creative life, uh, and you've, you, you're, you've worked on, you've worked on some other things other than, other than heavenly blues. And I also know that you were nominated for an award. Yes. Semi recently. Yes. I did not win it, but I was nominated for well, fuck a... them. Let's, let's, let's get mad about it. Cause no. renegade rule was dope. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, uh, yes. Renegade rule uh co-written with uh rachel silverstein and uh art by sam beck um and it was a it is our vr sports comedy like shooter sports comedy story uh inspired like if by Fortnite was cool <laughs> that's what yeah. i thought <laughs> this one was more overwatch uh maybe the, ne the next one though maybe, maybe that <laughs> one might be a little Fortnite inspired um but no that was uh ours like wanting to that was me taking a love of Mighty Ducks, Bring It On, Q, Ice Shield 21, Air Bud, and just being like, what I wanted, like, let's do a sports story, but still with lasers and explosions. And I desperately wanted to work with Rachel. It's just awesome. Um, and we, like, we were so lucky to work with Sam Beck. So, oh my, I should describe what the story actually fucking is. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, we're rolling it. We go. <laughs> so yeah, Renegade Rule is a story of a group, a all career girl team of pro gamers who end up in the national championship to Renegade Rule, the hottest VR game uh, around, in a fierce competition uh, where they need to face down champion caliber teams and their own distraction and infighting and doubt if they hope to rise to the top. And there's some good will they, won't they relationship, love action there's a lot of drama there's a lot of tension there's wonderful art well we always figured there's always the most subtext between the main character and the main like rival competitor so we just thought what if that was text no sub subtext is for cowards <laughs> but yeah no honestly it was like it was it was a lot of like to me it was also very much driven by like you know i grew up with a lot of the shooter games like i spent all my middle and high school years like just playing halo over at friend's house on weekends um you know i play a lot of like uh doom and half-life 2 so like i got a lot of love for like the sci-fi shooter genre and just all the great times I've spent playing games with friends. And, mm -hmm. you know, I really want it to be this really fun, uh, you know, witty banter, fun, snappy action um, kind of sports story, but also just this real ode to just kind of really just a celebration of video games and friendship. Which is a good thing. You know what it reminded me of? So I, I think something died inside of me. Also, it was I launched Blake's Buzz. That's another big part of it. I don't have a lot of time to game anymore and um so it's like i read a lot of comics to review and then i 
I, I prep for interviews like this and I'm not bitching cause I love it. And I get to read so many awesome comics that I never, you know, I get so many review copies and stuff and I'm on so many press lists. Like I could never afford to get all the comics I get a week. It's a struggle for me just keeping up with my poll list. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Like I still buy comics. I buy comics. I think I just get feel alive when I get mail. <laughs> just like, I'm like, yay. And then I open it and I take a picture of it and people like it on Twitter. And I'm like, I, yeah that's it we did it but uh, I, it, I love i love them twitter like endorphins <laughs> right yeah it's i hate that i like it so much but i oh i fucking like it yeah <laughs> it's it's good to be it's good to be noticed you yeah. know like it's for for whatever reason for whether I, I bought this book or i wrote this review or you know like when you you post a lot of like outfit and drip posts and it's you know it's like it's like hey i'm you know and you're very you're very stylish and photogenic and oh, you know, you. I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that feels like good as fuck like i feel weird it when does. i post a selfie i'm I, like it, oh, i'm sorry it <laughs> does i'm a i love attention whether it's writing <laughs> or fashion i'm like yeah just look at me like i clearly, <laughs> I clearly wasn't paid attention to enough as a child i fucking fill the ever gaping hole inside me nameless uh, faceless audience <laughs> <laughs> but you're uh but you're um the, the renegade rule reminded me I used to play destiny with my best friend and we, you know, we'd go like a couple weeks and, and wouldn't like we'd play, but like not with each other. And then every couple weeks we would, we would play and we'd play like all night. And it was funny cause we're like questing and we're murdering everything and shooting everything. But the, you know, we're not talking strategy. It was just like, Oh, like how's your dad? What's your brother up to? And we're like having regular phone conversations like while we're questing in destiny and and it was so fulfilling and so fun and like very pure and 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 it was just cool you know because when you get older you don't get to see all your friends as much as you want yeah. you know like and and so yeah and, and so renegade rule reminded me of that and of that like digital connectivity and that like you know even even if you don't see your friends all the time you're still friends you still love each other yeah. you know and and i thought that was so cool and so heartwarming My and hope. And funny, like you're very, you're, you have like a really good sense of, you've made me, you've been cracking me up, you know, for the last 40 minutes, but you're, it, it's hard to write funny as, as a writer. I mean, I'm sure you've people or you've, you've talked about that with other writers, like horror. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not as hard to scare people. It's not as hard to gross people out. It's not as hard to like build tension and encourage page turning, but like to write real funny that makes like real laughs. Like that's a hard, it's hard. It's, it's tricky. And you have to be a special writer to do that. Well, thank you very, very much. I'm, that means a lot to hear. Thank you. Uh, uh, you're, you're making me blush. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like there's not, no part of writing that to me is personally more satisfying than a really good, what I think is like a good joke or like a good line. Mm -hmm. Like I, like I love every part of writing, but nothing makes me quite go like Antonio Banderas gift, like leaning back, just being like, fucking yeah. Like me just going like, ah, oh, this joke's gonna kill. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and part of it's also kind of how I got my start. Like I started making a four panel Kingdom Hearts Sprite comic that was a 2000 Sprite comic. <laughs> don't need to name it. You don't need to look it up. <laughs> 
if you're thinking to yourself, wait, I read a Kingdom Hearts Sprite comic. Was it that one? Yeah, it was that one. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but I mean, like I started that when I was 15. and I did it until I was like 22 when production of my first graphic novel, Shaman, really started picking up. And I was just like, I'm writing comics with art. I, I can't just get excited about Kingdom Hearts Game Boy Advance sprites anymore. Um, but no, like I did it for seven years. I did 700 strips of it. And wow. again, this is four panels without real facial expressions or body language, just whatever 32 or 16 bit sprite, whatever. Yeah, I think 32 bit, whatever 32 bit sprites, like the Game Boy Advance Kingdom Hearts game gave me to work with, with no <laughs> real faces and static backgrounds. So for seven years, like aside from just like the most basic of body language, all I had to really sell everything about was just like was dialogue. That was the only original bit. So I kind of came from this place of, oh, well, of course you do comedy. Like I, I watched, I'm fit, I'm 16 years old. I watched Daily Show and South Park every single night. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, so like I kind of me like so comedy was like total is how I got my start just like writing comics so when I started writing like you know comics with real panel counts and page turns and art it was it's my instinct was still like well let me stick with something familiar and comfortable like let me let's do something comedy like let's say so like it's funny you say like it's a difficult thing because I've always thought like oh comedy is like my safety net <laughs> I'm like look I don't know if this action is cool I'm not sure if I'm fucking up these characters, but again, especially when I was learning the medium and figuring out my, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not sure if I'm getting these other stuff that I've never really done right, but hey, if maybe if I make them laugh, they'll be more forgiving of it. So let's just keep what I know I can do. <laughs> like, let's not go straight drama. Let's do like fantasy, wacky urban comedy, like urban fantasy. What if John Constantine was a single dad and was <laughs> trying really hard to seem cool to people? <laughs> I mean, it's whatever you're doing, it's working. Those, those, uh, those those sprite comics paid off because I, I feel like everything and I haven't read all your stuff. Like I don't I don't want to sound like too cool. Uh, but what everything I've read from you has has so much heart. And I, I feel like I say this a lot, but when I say it, I mean it. Like interwoven the, that interwoven heart in a narrative, it it works like tension building, right? Like, you know, tension you like you stress us out and we get a little freaked out and we get a little razzled, but we turn those pages quick, right? But the same thing happens with heart. And when you can find that attachment with your audience and and you know, influence our emotions in a positive manner, like that also makes us turn the pages faster and want to like explore these narratives. And you're very good at that. Oh, thank you. Like when I'm working on a script, like I tend to really approach it like page by page. And I really try to ask myself like with each page, like if this is more of an action or a drama or a tense and like, is there something on this page that demands the, the flip to the next page? Like, is there a question that's being raised that needs answers? Is there an action being threatened that we then need to see actually happen on the next page? Or if I'm doing something more of a comedy, like I'm looking at, I'm like, did this pay? Like, is there a, is there at least one moment, preferably more than one, where I am giving someone an active reason to smile or laugh? Like, are there multiple like points where I'm hitting the desired like emotional response? Like, I, I even call it like PPP punchlines per page. <laughs> 
Like, am I giving someone either, am I either raising a question that they need answered on the next page or am I delivering a satisfying, like comedic or joy filled beat that's still gonna like motivate people to go to the next page. So I'm always thinking like, is like, you know, trying to keep the sense of the whole, but also like, is this page going to be a satisfying unit of reading for the reader? Mm. So have you, you know, um, Heavenly Blues has some dark aspects, but but it, it's blended well with with other elements. Like you 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 never bring us too low, you know. It's it's you never really make us like you know it's 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 like tricky for you to like really break hearts, but like. I feel like a lot of people that are, are are good with comedy and are talented in making people laugh. I feel like inside of you, there exists that, that like inverse element that can like really like snap your psyche, like a twig or like just break you and emotionally or, or terrify you or disturb you. Like, have you ever wanted to do something like that with a comic? Cause I know you, you, you've got, you've got these comics now and then you just, you have a, scholastic children's novel coming yes. out which i promise yeah. this novel will not break the novel will not break you it is the story <laughs> of an adorable seventh grader escaping detention and going on fun escapades with their friends across town to make it to a book to make it to a signing with their celebrity hero <laughs> have you ever thought about like uh like trying to, to script like a like a dark story or, or like a horror story or, or are you just not interested in that is that just not your jam no I mean, I'm what I'm usually looking at things is I'm usually questioning like two things like going astray. I'm like, is this something I haven't done before? Like, is this a genre I really want to do and have fun with? Um, and then the second is, is there a way for me to tell this that somebody else couldn't? Hmm. Like, do I have a take on this genre that I feel is unique to, to warrant me doing it as much as just like, I really want to do it. So if you want to see, um, a, and I, and I can send you this someone to get off, but in terms of a book that I did that really, uh, deals with darker themes is a much angrier book. Uh, but you know, I'm, you know, I find it hard not to joke around a lot. So like, even it's hard for me to just play things like Frank Miller straight. <laughs> I, I tend to like, even in dark, like, you know, I, the humor seems to come out no matter what, like, okay. and I don't do a very good job clamping down on it, but like, I'm always of the mindset that like, even through comedy, you can be discussing really intense things or mm -hmm. complex things, even if you're making it funny. So a book that I did that hopefully still delivers a lot of laughs while being a lot darker and angrier um, is Griffin, Galaxy's Most Wanted, okay. um, which is currently only available at my site, uh, BenConComics.com and on my Etsy. Hopefully it's like, it's like 10 bucks for 12 issues. Yes. Yes. It used to be on Comixology, but then yeah. Comics, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we all know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully there'll be some more news on that soon about some further availability, but right now, yep. Uh, $10 for 12 issues. And that is, um, a lot of 2016 trauma response. Okay. Um, but very much this, and that comic was very much born out of, you know, really this kind of star Trek resurgence or spaceship resurgence you were seeing, you know, um, uh, you know, star Trek discovery was coming out legends of tomorrow, uh, the black mirror star Trek episode. So there was a lot of like, Ooh, I want to do a crew, a ship and a crew, but at the same time, 
2016 it happened so yeah i was kind of looking at like star trek and being like i can't fathom a world where humanity taking to the stars isn't the worst thing imaginable for every other species <laughs> i'm just like any humanity meaning any other species is a disaster for that species like we are too evil so i was like so just needing this power this insane just this force of pure nazi punch and id unleashed of like sci-fi anarchy on this fascist universe was just like i don't know it was very creatively satisfying and bruno just gets better and better at action every time we i've worked with him uh and also just you know whole lot of feelings to work out <laughs> who who published that originally that was originally published by sbi okay yeah so what um i've always th i've always thought like when because i i so when i was a child i saw my dad showed me the the original alien movie way too young and i loved right, it movie. but it, it also movie. like oh so good but i was oh dude i was terrified now, I, I don't know I, if this I, explains about my personality but when i was way too young i got shown the mortal Kombat movie <laughs> and i've watched that movie probably upwards of 40 times now because it's amazing it's, it's so good it's incredible like i watched that at five years on i'm like oh okay this is gonna be my personality from now on <laughs> What'd you think of the new one? I liked it. Like, I'm a fan of the whole franchise. I did same. Like, yeah, I, I, dug I, I dug it. I, I, I had fun with it. it. I, like, it's not gonna. I'm it's not it. gonna fucking win awards. Like, we knew that going in, right? No. But it was well, fun. Like, it's okay to have fun. I appreciated that it changed enough that there was very little about it that could be like a one to one comparison with the '95 original movie. Like, I appreciate that. Like, it would have been so easy to just be like, oh, you tried to redo a lot of the things from the original movie. And it's like, you know, it just feels it doesn't feel as fresh or as good. But like, there's nothing to compare. You can't like compare the Liu Kang in one movie to another. It's like they're serving two very different roles in this movie. The new Liu Kang had the best hair, though. Oh, fantastic. The hair. best. Like, oh, absolute, I want to like, run my fingers through game. it. <laughs> It's so yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a beautiful hair. man. He's a beautiful man. Oh my man. god. Oh, Ludi Lin. <laughs> oh, that's a crush. That's a crush. For so, sure, Ludi so Lin. what? What I've said numerous times. So like, I when I think of Mortal Kombat, and and I I think of. Uh, Tom Taylor's Injustice, right? And then we they built this huge comic book series that spanned years out of this video game and everyone loved it. And it it shocks me like there's a handful of like Mortal Kombat mini series, but we've never had an ongoing comic book Mortal Kombat thing that that spanned years, that spanned volumes. That's great. I think also you right? could put Scorpion and Sub Zero in the mainline DC universe, and they'd fit fine. Yeah, it'd be yeah, they could they could like roll around and, those, and piss like off Batman. Yeah, like there's like Ra's al Ghul is like ah the Lin Kuei I hired them. I'm like oh okay I guess they're here now. Why not? <laughs> like, it, it's fine. It works. It, you could work them in just like they did like the Wild Storm or Charlton characters. Like it'd be easy. Um, but yeah, no, like I think it would work so well. I think part of it. I think there'd be more of like a need for it in the days before, like when single player in fighting games was like a joke in and of itself. Mm. But now, like, especially with Ted, with the most recent one, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, like they figured out how to do like really cool single players, like in a fighting game. Like that was sort of like they did. Like, did you get that recent one where it's just like the old, the past version against the future versions? And no, it's like, I, I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game in a minute. 
the latest Mortal Kombat movie, and at this point, the cutscenes are so well directed and graphics wise, it, it feels like Michael Bay doing Mortal Kombat's Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> I'm sold. It's I amazing. Pay money for that. It's fantastic. <laughs> Even if you just like, yeah, you can just like go on YouTube, like Mortal Kombat 11, all cutscenes, full movie, and like it's a blast. Okay. I do, I do know, I've, I've very much liked the new animated movies they've done. They've done two animated movies, uh, one, one right before the hbo movie and then and then yes. one after and those have been dope and but so yeah that, i just I would, I would just want i want a mortal Kombat book i can put on my pull right? like i want it so that first animated movie like that was what i'm glad the new live action movie avoided being because that like okay we're doing the tournament like we've got our Liu kang sonia johnny cage trio and i was just feeling like this is taking too much from the first one and not hmm. being as sad as like there's too much that i can compare one to one and find it lacking against the original um okay. and then i really so again that's why i like the live action one where i'm like wow this is really is its own separate thing i like that it's doing something different and you know just embracing that like i don't know where it's gonna go kano's fun yay kano <laughs> so many people complained about kano they I were like what the kano. what the fuck he's, he's just kano was a highlight people, but, um, i feel like people get mad about humor a lot like that a lot of the negativity i, I hear about mcu is they're like well they have to like put these one-liners in when the world's ending and Thanos is chuckling and snapping his fingers and someone has to make a joke. And it's just like, you know, laughter makes you live longer. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's good. It's no, good to Kano laugh. was incredible. No, I love the Kano in the new movie. Like that was, I, I get why you don't need Johnny Cage in that movie when Kano is serving the role he served mm -hmm. in that movie. But no, the second anime movie, I really enjoyed night, like 95% of the way through. I'm like, wow, what a great fleshed out take on like adaptation of Mortal Kombat 2. This is working really well. I like you picked one game and you adapted really good. And then you got to like the last 10 minutes. And then they're like, what if we were Mortal Kombat 3, 4, 6, and 10 <laughs> at the same time and 10 minutes? I'm like, oh, no. Uh, it's a bummer when things don't stick the landing, especially when it's it's strong. Like when it's when it's strong, like 75% or more of the way through. And then the, and then the last you know, two seasons of Game of Thrones or whatever you want to talk about. Like, you know, these things, like, you bring them into your life, right? A, a movie is one thing, but, like, these series is, man, and I, I know it's impossible. Like, nothing can ever live up to the hype, right? Because it's, we're all, we all have expectations, and, and nerds get intense with their expectations and will they definitely do. voice their opinions. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's just a bummer when you invest, like, all this time into something and then, and then it shits the bed in the I end. It's just like, it oh so no. Good. And then I'm like, cool. And now there's, I totally get what material you're going to do for like a third or fourth anime movie. And then it's like, oh no, you did all of it in <laughs> 10 minutes. You did multiple movie sequels worth of plot threads in 10 minutes. <laughs> ah, I don't know where you go from here. So you're, you're still, a, you're still a pretty big gamer, right? Like you like the RPGs and all that stuff, right? I, I don't have time. I gotta be honest. I almost never have time for any game that isn't pokemon these days <laughs> wait like like pokemon go or like new pokemon switch stuff oh like the switch stuff like legends okay. arceus and the sword and shield yeah legends that the new one looks the open world one i was watching dope, my sister's dope, boyfriend dope, play dope, it dope, and i was dope. like oh my god this looks it's cool. so good I love it. I, I poured hours into it. I've accepted that I will just keep paying Nintendo for Pokemon games until the day I die. <laughs> I, I, I made, I'm at peace with that. 
Sword and Sword and Shield was my first go with Pokemon because when I was younger, I used really? to. I was I was obsessed with Final Fantasy, which is weird because oh, I'm yeah. very I'm very turn based RPG forward. Like Final I love Fantasy that shit. Ten was nothing short of life changing. Oh, dude! Oh my god! Like storytelling in video games to me was like mario and star fox 64 like crash bandicoot and like crazy taxi and i didn't think storytelling in video games got more complex than that and then final fantasy 10 came into my life and i was like blew your fucking mind I was saying, like, hey, I've been watching nothing but like Barney the Dinosaur episodes, and then someone showed me a Stanley Kubrick movie. That's awesome. I remember Final Fantasy VII um, when, and I still have my copy somewhere. I have the PlayStation Greatest Hits Final Fantasy VII still. Uh, but my sister, like, my my at, when my sister was obsessed with Barney the Dinosaur, I was playing like Final Fantasy VII, and my sister would like watch me for hours. She would she would like sit in my room and, and watch me like grind levels and not even like the fun parts like not even like questing or or pushing the story forward but she would just watch me like fight and like the magic spells and stuff and she was so into it and uh but yeah man like I, I enjoyed that, this that was my jam yeah i enjoyed the story of final fantasy 12 but i can't really defend the uh the gameplay after once when i fell asleep while playing it and when i woke up all my characters had gone up two levels <laughs> like all the I, were like the gameplay is itself and i'm like that's not true yeah because uh, you could program nah, it I, I remember that yeah. you could you could like when your hp gets below a certain percentage you I, could make your healer I cast pro- a spell i programmed it so i programmed it well enough that i was literally grinding levels in my sleep wow see I, was, like, I tried I to like do this that. game but uh, i don't i don't feel like i should be able to do this I remember I was playing that game. I was about 25 to 30 hours in and my little cousin, uh, that was about the same time. I believe the first or second guitar hero was out. Everybody was loving guitar hero. Oh yeah. That was, that was the era of the guitar hero. Yeah. And my little cousin brought over guitar hero and my memory card was full and a little fucker formatted my memory card because that's why would a game tell you that by the way, like, Oh, there's not enough room on this memory card to play Guitar Hero. Would you like to format your memory card so you can play Guitar Hero? And a little shit clicked X for yes, and and I, I lost twenty three. And so I never, I never went back. And I was like, fuck that! Oh, I, oh, I got so mad, and I still feel guilty about that because I was like sixteen or so. No, and I, I would be, uh, ma- I would be mad to this day. <laughs> well, I yelled at him and made him cry, and I like still think about that sometimes. Like. Remember that one time when your little cousin was a kid and did this simple mistake and you made him cry? But anyway, like I got so mad and then I I, I was like, My nope. sister once stole my first edition holographic Charizard card and sold that shit on the playground for ten dollars. And I've forgiven, <laughs> oh, no. but I do not forget. <laughs> That shit would be that thing would be worth like at least ten grand now. Yeah, and that I shit's ne- expensive. I never, now. I never would have let go of it. I know. <laughs> I had it in a Oh man. Well, that, if you took it hurts. out of my binder and replaced it with a non-holographic Charizard. <laughs> Like you won't notice. It was a legit <laughs> first edition holographic Charizard. Like those things are like gold nowadays. <laughs> I could have retired off that fucking card. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, you, 
Yeah, you got to remind her of that like every Christmas. Yeah, I don't ever let shit go. My family gives me shit about it because I don't. I like this, like you just said. said I, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. And I, I always remind my sister on Christmas when we were kids. We're at my my mom's side of the family's house, and my dad's side when we were younger, they spoiled us like intensely. Like it was Christmas used to be fucking nuts, and we went to my that was Christmas Eve, and then we would go to my mom's side for Christmas for for uh, breakfast and 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 you know gift giving and stuff <laughs> I remember, man, my, my sister's my sister's like six years old and everybody opens their presents and she's sitting there and she's looking around and she starts bawling and she's like legit weeping just like everybody's like what's wrong what's wrong and she, she goes i i didn't get many presents this time and it was so embarrassing we were like the whole our whole family was like oh she did not say that that's so terrible and so yeah like every 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 christmas like uh, this you know 20 20 years later i'm like oh hey did you get enough presents this year she's like fuck you blake i hate you <laughs> that's great but yeah so i keep that long uh, back long story short back rewind a little bit i keep thinking of getting final fantasy 12 because it re-released on switch and i'm like maybe i should get it and like finally play it but then i keep thinking and i'm like you got i got 25 hours before i get to the new part i don't have like plus it's like elden ring looks really cool i don't have 40 hours to sink into a game that difficult yeah everybody loves elden ring oh my god that's all i see yeah i want i want to read like honestly like when i get free time i read like the omnibuses or something i bought that that i didn't buy to review yeah there's so much many books i want to read and shows i want to watch i i can't fit game really too many video games into that yeah it's hard yeah are you are you a slave to the day job or are you i'm i'm in the office like 12 days a week like 12 hours a day like with yeah like i'm i hate to say this but that makes me happy i leave (laughs) i leave my apartment for work at 6 30 a.m and i don't get home until 6 30 p.m oh wow okay i did well because i i there's so many so many writers and creatives i talk to that like freelance and do all this stuff and so i'd I like um, I guiltily feel good when I when I talk to some of you talented folk and you're like, yeah, I'm still a day job. And yep. then I'm like, oh, maybe there's still hope for me one yep. day. <laughs> yep. 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 Day job keeps uh, the roof above the head. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you, so you're you, I mean, you're cre- the last couple of years, like you've you've released like some original graphic novels and, and some issues. And, and, and now you're writing a you're writing a children's novel. And, and that's all a lot of work. Uh, and yes, that's a lot and, of time. Um, How do you balance that? Uh, or do you, you know, not are you like a ball I mean, of stress and hide find, it well? i mean you know uh yeah find the time you know nights and weekends and stuff um and also my uh first work for hire book came out late uh last december uh the graphic novel tie-in to immortals phoenix rising yeah the phoenix the, from great beginnings greek, yes the uh greek mythology adventure video game which is great because I love Greek mythology. I grew up with that big book of Greek mythology that all the kids grow up with. Um, yeah. And I love it. So getting to write like Zeus at his most like lovable douchebaggery and the gods, <laughs> like I had a blast. So like, again, like th- that was my first time getting to write like a work for hire book. And, you know, someone invited me to come into their sandbox and work in an existing franchise. And it, it was a fantastic experience. And uh, is that hard? Like- like when you're when when it's not your baby when you when you get like brought in to like you know rear and raise someone else's baby does is that tricky I mean, or was, it, 
cool. I mean, again, like I thought I found the script to be a lot of I had the script before I started working on the from the game before I started working on the comic. I found it was a lot of fun. I really like the humor. I like the voices of the gods. So, um, you know, it was definitely a whole new pressure being like, OK, I need to make sure these characters voices like I don't need to create these voices, which is a whole pressure on its own, making sure they have distinct voices. I need to make sure I'm capturing these already existing voices, which is a not a a different challenge is just like a different thing to focus on but again you know what um working with ubisoft was honestly really great um great experience there and they they really offered i i didn't know what story they'd want i didn't know if they'd want to be like a retelling of the game if they wanted to be some like side thing involving like a side character but uh them wanting to pick it up after the end of the game and continue phoenix's story past the ending and really getting to explore um the twist of her being a god like a full-fledged god and how and her relationships and attitudes towards these guys now that she's their peer um you know honestly i felt honored just getting to be the one to kind of get to explore such awesome narrative territory in the series so that was that was an original graphic novel as well right yes so you've 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 got two ogns under your belt and then you and then you've done you've done some you know sequential narrative like issue by issue stuff and and now you've written a novel or you are writing or you've written it right it's just not out yet yes yeah, right? so it's coming out uh, fall 2023 okay uh, from scholastic l campbell saves their saturday so what what's uh what's your comfort zone do you are, are you do you like that original format of like cranking it all out and getting it done or do you like the do you like the monthly deadlines which i know are different like you're they're written before they like, come I out like, i just like writing like i just want to tell stories and have fun however the publisher will let me do it then that's how we'll do it just like whatever it takes for me to get the chance to just get to tell some goddamn stories that's all i like it i was getting to tell the story that's cool the publisher uh, wants to do it in issues we'll do it in issues like again like griffin we'll do it in half issues and that'll and that'll break it up and that'll affect the pacing and then that'll have a unique pacing and we'll go to that like a graphic novel great we'll make the pacing work this way whatever it is i just want to be chasing my bliss i just want to be doing new challenges trying new things genres that are fun that i want to i just want to play in all the playgrounds <laughs> what's something so you've you've done like some sci-fi you've done some fantasy you've done you, you you've done your your uh your own your your own properties and you've worked in in the properties or the ips of that you know, are owned by other people and now you've written a novel um what's next like if, if you got to choose like what's something you haven't got to do yet that, that oh man i should really probably uh, get around to writing a tv script shouldn't i get an old tv <laughs> and get something uh for the television in the writing portfolio i mean you you've got the one-liners like it's uh, in my opinion uh someone would be real fucking foolish not to have you uh in a writer's room on a sitcom because yeah, you so, can bring uh, the laughs hey you know um I don't got to go to space yet. I still got plenty of frontiers left right here. <laughs> Again, like, I, I haven't done horror. I haven't done noir. Um, You know, like, it's, I just, like, hell, I haven't done coming-of-age cave person story. Like, <laughs> I haven't done, like, a body swap comedy, like, with a twist. Like, I, like, any anything that I, like, that's my main concern. That's my North Star is, would I have fun making this? Because if if I'm having a fun making it, then, you know, then that fun will hopefully translate down to the reader and they'll have fun reading it if I'm having fun writing it. That's, you know what, in my opinion, that's what makes you even more awesome because so many people get wrapped up in, in the finances and the how do I make money? How, you know, how do 
I live? How do I put food on the table? What can I, what can I do to, you know, make my bank account larger? But I, that's so refreshing. Day job takes care of that. I got the day job for that shit writing. I, I just want to be, I just want to be telling stories and having as much fun doing it as I can. That's awesome. Good. Like, you're, you're awesome. Uh, like I, we need, we need more awesome. fun. We need more fun. Like there's the world's shit sometimes, man. And it's like, I get I get down. I get sad. And it's like, it's good. It's good to pick up these narratives that remind us to to laugh and I have a good time. Constantly chasing the high of looking at a script, being like, "Ooh, this line going kill. <laughs> like this funny. <laughs> like that. That's that's my high. I'm just chasing it. I'm just chasing a clown dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and we yeah. Well, that's that's better than chasing the other dragon. I guess. Right? Was, yeah. The clown. The clown dragon is the good dragon to chase. Unless you're scared of clowns, I guess that's a real thing too. So I don't know. Well, I guess it's better to be chasing it than it chasing you. So that is true. It's yeah. Chase, chase your fears. Don't let them chase you. That's a that's a fucking bumper sticker right there or something. That's a t-shirt. That's a, yeah. <laughs> make that. Make that. Make that and put put that. Don't out wait there. for the clowns to hunt you. You hunt the clowns. You hunt the clowns. Be the clown hunter. <laughs> oh fuck! That is a Batman character now, isn't it? Shit. <laughs> Fuck. It always comes back to it always comes back to Bruce. Damn it! It's, uh, oh man! So I I I'm so excited we got to talk. We we yes, talked this about was doing so this so much fun for a while, um, and uh, and I'm I'm very excited for uh, Heavenly Blues to find a wider audience uh, because I think a lot more people need to read it. And yes. I agree with Charlie Stickney that it, in the in the wealth of Scout titles of which there are many, the your your comic sticks out and it um, really does well thank you it's something i'm definitely hoping to make a follow-up for but it's if i go back to this universe in particular i it needs to be like ironclad like, i i mm. need to know exactly what i'm doing like because i'm very satisfied with the way that ended so as much as there's i think there's still stories to tell it's like i can't come back to this world unless i have it down like just like exactly so you know whether whether more happens in the future or just or just you know the the new cover and the re-release like i'm i'm excited for more people yeah to experience it and and and, and again if people don't want to wait uh you, we can we can go to your shop which is benconcomics.com which you can go to right now and and buy buy some cool stuff the old mind gears are thinking of uh possibly a return to the world i'd really love to work with bruno again on something and get back into the heads of these characters but for something with Heavenly Blues, uh, if we go back to it, I really want to make sure we've got something, you know, real good that's going to live up to that first volume. So uh, if we come back to it, we're going to make sure that we do it right. Nice. Well, I'm, I feel like a lot of it is the the, the, the strength of the characters, I feel like, are, are very close to your heart and soul. So, I'm, I mean, I... You know, I I feel like if you wanted to go back there, it would be like like no pressure, right? But also like yes, there's pressure because you would want to like you you wouldn't want you wouldn't want the vibe to dip, you wouldn't want the intensity to dip, and and you'd want like you know you'd want to hop back on that ride and have a good yeah. ride, right? Oh yeah, it's like uh because all the gears started really getting turned again because in 2020 we spent a lot of, uh, we spent a lot of work on uh it got optioned as an animated series so we Ooh, that would were, have been fucking sick yeah so we were developing it as an animated series we got an animation studio on board and they even put together some original art and character designs uh so like we got some art like so we made designs for uh lucifer and yahweh 
the our rulers of heaven and hell who don't appear in the comic, but we would have had plans for if a show had gotten greenlit and then done well and gone on to a season three one day. But um, so it was really fun just getting to dive back in the world and thinking about like a, different ways of telling the story, adapting it to a different medium. And, you know, we got to pitch to a bunch of really cool places. Um, you know, unfortunately, nobody went for it, but it was uh, still an amazing experience. And, you know, I'm hopeful that that's just a no for right now. And one day uh, this story will find its way to a screen. That's all. Now, when we mentioned earlier of like, you know, this this new your this new relaunch, right? And it's going out to bookstores and a possible like, you know, more access to more people, more readers, more fans. Does does stuff like that help that possibility of like of like maybe going back and, and pitching it to studios again, like once once the relaunch happens? Like is that is that a is that a possibility? Oh yeah. I mean it's always a possibility insofar as you know, when you get a wire lines, you never know who's gonna read it. Like you never know who's gonna walk into a Barnes Noble, pick it up and just be like, um producer Bob Jones. I like the cut of this book's jib. <laughs> get me a movie deal. That's the dream, right? The yeah, get, but no. get the cut, get the jib, get the movie deal. No, like any amount of buzz, any show that like the sales are real, there's word of mouth that this is the thing people are interested in. Like the more pre-existing, um, you know, a demand there is for the book, like yeah, the more it then shows a possible producer or studio that there would be demand for the story in other mediums. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I I would I would love to see it. I I loved watching it play out in comic book form and I, I had a i had a, I had a blast uh oh, yes. was... never let it be said that comics are not a supreme medium on their own like i never ever want to imply like oh it's not real unless it's a tv or movie no fuck that it's these are comics first and they are meant to be comics but I, i'm with you like i would love to also see so i just started reading manga right and so i'm reading jujutsu kaisen and then i watched i read the first uh eight volumes of jujutsu kaisen and then i watched the first season and i got to see that transition of how it plays out like on the page to the mm -hmm. to the screen and it was really enjoyable and really intense and even though like i knew what happened and i knew a lot of the dialogue it was still like a very fresh and exhilarating got, experience yeah you've got like colors voice acting music especially jujitsu kaisen great soundtrack yeah, yeah yeah and so like all these all these elements that like let you experience the story in a different way so no but so i would the same way like if if heavenly blues if if i was able to like watch that as an animated movie or a short animated series or or something like i would be fucking hyped like cuz i would love to see that like played out differently and 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 hear the like cuz you hear the voices in your head right but but to yeah. like hear the voices over oh, totally. over speakers and and the music and the animation and the and the action you know and all and the new elements so yeah, yeah. i'm i'm with you like i would i would definitely be there and and i would that would be awesome and and i hope I hope you get the opportunity. I hope you get the opportunity oh, to, to tell more stories in that universe because I think it's really strong. Like fuck Dante. Like you like it's almost like a retelling of Dante's Inferno. Like it's this it it's it's so different. And instead of like the rings of hell, we have these like cities and towns, and it's this living, breathing entity, and and the characters are so strong and they're so fun, and it's so fun to like follow them and their journey. And you did you did such a great thing with that, and, and you do that in your other comics too. Again, like you're you're a you're a very strong writer 
with a very great sense of humor that that just fucking nails it on the page like you really do and and that's one of the great strengths that you have in in all your narratives there's there's a ben con essence that flows like in, in with the characters and with the plot progression and and your your comics hit differently and i, I mean that like wholeheartedly and so like i would I love have, to see something you made be animated and, and experience it in a new way like i'd that be excited would be dope and hell yeah if i get to keep uh creating as long as i hope to then you know what it'll be a long crazy road and whatever twists and turns it uh it takes me i am here for it again <laughs> i didn't think i'd be writing a novel like i didn't plan <laughs> i didn't plan on writing a novel but then it happened and now i'm not and now i got a novel like that's coming out next year wasn't part of the plan but life zigged and you zag with it and here we are. <laughs> I remember you posting on Twitter about like, well, I got this novel deal. Who knows how to write a novel? And it made me laugh so hard. But how 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 did you? Um, um, I know I've kept you a while, but like you know, with with this with this new children's book and like how is the transition of like comic scripting to, to all pros and, and are you, did you like it? Like, would you want to keep doing that too? If you got the opportunity? Oh yeah. I mean, again, it was a lot of fun getting to do middle grade. Um, you know, to do like, again, I'm always wanting to do genres I've never done before. This is very John Hughes in fashion. So I was like, fucking yeah, let's do some John Hughes shit. I've never done John Hughes before. Let's let's cross that genre off the checklist. Another notch in my narrative bedpost. Um, and then yeah, let's do like a genre I haven't done before in a medium I haven't done before. But yes, this <laughs> is gonna be hard. Um, but no, like again, like it it was like it's like I okay, I know how to ride a bike but that doesn't help and me ride a skateboard <laughs> okay yeah i get like, that the theory might be the same but like no it was i was just like it was very strange because i came into it and i'm like oh all my usual tricks of the trade are out the window like all my my usual like the influence i have from stand up from like john stewart from your fast you know archers rick and morty's like venture brothers like all of those influences and comedic tools that generally have served me very well in comics oh boy is this like this rhythm of dialogue that i'm so used to being able to rely on oof can you not have that rhythm when everything is like he said she replied they asked with surprise like <laughs> so i again i was like i felt like i was going on a skateboard and being like where are the pedals like at <laughs> first um but you know i reached into like hell you know i tried to find the writers that i always loved or that i always thought had the most unique style and you know surprise surprise i'm turning to terry pratchett and douglas adams and again not that i if they are the sun i am a candle like i do not i am in zero way comparing myself to douglas adams or terry pratchett let me be very clear but <laughs> just in the sense of like what are the different what are the ways of achieving some kind of comedy or quirky or weirdness or fun through prose? And then hell, 58,000 words later, like, you know, I started gaining new, gaining new muscles and figuring out new tricks of the trade and figuring out new ways of doing it. And again, getting some pretty fun humor there. And some of those jokes that made me go like, yeah, fucking that's going to go well. And you know, it, it took me a while, like it, but uh, again, figuring out how to deliver, 
deliver those moments in a different kind of medium and figuring out like what parts of this medium like actually still have a lot of appeal and can offer different things. And then I will forever be angry that I can't just drop a reference image into prose like I can a comic script. It's very <laughs> like I don't know how to describe facial expressions. It's hard. It's way easier when I can just put a stock image of a man going like E. <laughs> and then the artist is like, cool, I'm going to draw a man going E. Yeah, it, uh, I I do remember that the descriptors get get a little tricky from time to time. <laughs> and, and you got to you can't let it you can't spend too much time to scroll. You got to like you got to like give them that that quick image and move on. You can't, you know, yeah. over being overly descriptive is you I know mean, you're, like, you're bogging down the flow, right? I mean, comics like you're going with discrete moments in time. Like I now need to write the connections to all of those things that in comics are discrete moments divided by panel. There's no panel divisions. There's no the page as an individual unit of storytelling. It's just words. It's just endless, <laughs> endless fucking words. <laughs> you get a chapter break every now and then. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. But it's not quite well, it's not quite like a page in a comic or yeah. an issue break. On on that note of of structuring, just just because it's been a, a hot topic as of late, of uh, the the right and wrong ways of, of scripting comics, uh, what are, what are your what are your thoughts on that of the of the current you know comic discourse online and and how there's a right and wrong way to script? Do you do you believe in that or is it is it more about like how formatting you communicate with your collaborator? The, formatting a script is a pain in the ass. They did you a favor of just making you an easy template. Download it, use it, save yourself some time that you would spend on the formatting and definitely save the time you're spending complaining about this shit. <laughs> yes, I agree. You're not going to go you're not going to no one no editor is going to be upset if you use it. So just you lose nothing by using it except for just saving time. <laughs> And the older we get, the more the less time we have. We got those yeah. any any time saver helps, you know. Like like you mentioned, you're you're working a day job. You're, you know, you got you got you know people that you got to spend time with, and then you got these creative endeavors to to deal with, you know, on nights and weekends. So like any time you can save, like save it, enjoy it, yeah. count those minutes. Look, it's a good template. Every artist, letterer, and edit, every editor, letterer, and artist in the industry that you work with will be perfectly happy and have no questions or confusion or frustrations if you hand them in a script in that template so what's the fucking problem <laughs> no i'm with you there's well there's always a problem but i just don't of course there it. is <laughs> it's twitter right. what, what would twitter do without problems yeah we need the drama we need the drama in our lives and and we need the we need the we need the like recognition and we need the drama and 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 we're all petty little weirdos yep. that that live <laughs> live through that uh but no ben this was amazing like talking to you is so fun you you've made me laugh. my face hurts a little bit from smiling almost like i ate mushrooms that's not <laughs> and and i just uh, you're you're hilarious you're I love your excitement uh, for everything you've written. And I think that's why the stuff you've written is so damn good because you're so uh, damn excited about it. Well, thank you. Um, like, I love comics. I love writing. Every every story I've gotten to tell and publish has been a blessing. And I hope I just can continue to be so lucky. Like, any every chance I get into writing, I just want to give it my all. And I hope 
that's something I can, I hope that's something I can live up to for readers and whatnot. And if not, well, screw y'all. So long as I'm having fun, who gives a <laughs> yeah. shit? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. You're having blast. No, but exactly. I, I, I hope you keep doing it too, just for the selfish element of like, I want to read more of your comics because they make me happy. They make me smile. They make me laugh. And I need that in my weird day to day life. Like I need, I need, escapes like that 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 remind me of like the joys of friendships and you know platonic and romantic relationships and and that it's okay to to laugh when things get heavy and i think a lot of us forget that and you're good at reminding us about that stuff i think even shades of moral gray can still come in very bright pastel colors (laughs) that is true which is funny because a lot all your comics are very are very bright and vibrant your your colorists always reflect that vibe they you you uh you've gotten a you've lucked out with a lot of your art teams and, and yes. so yeah uh, that's Bruno's awesome colors are great sam's colors are great uh we had uh west zoba on immortals phoenix rising and uh you know if you ever get to see Giorgio brooks's own colors on his works it's uh gonna be something to behold i'll tell you that <laughs> well ben uh, the, the polite podcast host that i am and i know i've, I've kept you for a little bit and made you turn off your air conditioning so i'm sure your 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 place is all hot and and bothered because of because it's me being a jerk and and requesting audio (laughs) we got look we we're making we're making episodes here you gotta put the show first this (laughs) this is the business we have chosen entertainment above all all else well we're we we put our bodies on the line for this show (laughs) that's yes Yes, let the let the bodies hit the buzz. Like, oh, that was bad. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out when I when I edit you talking about a new future uh, heavenly blues. For the first time, we will keep the second time we talked about. Yeah, the keep future. keep the second time. Edit the first time. Yes, get rid of the really bad. Let the bodies hit the floor joke. I probably won't because I I like torturing myself. I'll probably leave it in there. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but yes, I'll, I'll 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 clean up some things. I'll make us both sound really cool. Um, yeah. Again, like I uh, mentioned before, you can go to bencon benconcomics.com um i if, if you don't want to wait for the re-release of heavenly blues you can get a copy from ben ben will sign it and you can experience it and it's a it's a it's a wonderful fucking experience folks i highly encourage you to either pre-order it or, or hunt that down right now uh he's there's some great digital deals on your website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get Renegade Rule. You can get Immortal Phoenix Rising. These are available anywhere fine books and comic books are sold typically. Uh, if your shop doesn't have it, you can you can probably ask them to order it. I'm pretty sure it's still yep, orderable and around. And yep. I recommend those as well, uh, especially if you uh, enjoy gaming a little bit and if you have friends because they both remind you that having friends is a really good deal and you should celebrate the people in your life now the polite host that i am um anything else that you would like to announce where's the best place to keep track of you on the internet like where do we where do we find you and know where to buy your books at you can mostly find me at twitter at at ben the con at instagram at ben con comics um i host uh the weekly horror movie podcast uh progressively horrified with jeremy whitley and emily martin and yeah my first uh prose book a middle grade novel l campbell saves their saturday will be out from scholastic fall 2023 now this isn't going to air by tomorrow so this is more of a selfish endeavor to me uh tomorrow is friday the 13th now once i get off work and and i nestle into the 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 calmness of my evening so you you do participate in a horror podcast what would you recommend to someone to watch 
on Friday the 13th, when you're all alone and the, and the sun goes down and, and the night is quiet, like what's a, what's a good thing to dive into to put the, the tingles in your spine? I mean, I'll sure shit. Not the first Friday the 13th. That movie is terrible. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm a big fan of uh, horror comedy myself. So if you haven't done yourself a favor and watched the all-time classic Evil Dead 2, uh, do it. You're running. I know you're running out to see Multiverse of Madness, so it's the same director. If you're like, if you want to see like that, this director's horror unleashed and totally his own. Evil Dead 2 is one of the like titans of the genre. Agree. I, I may. I may just have to. I may just have to. I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the Evil Deads in a while. I think. I think the last Evil Dead I watched was the remake. Unfortunately, which is. It, it, in my book, if it doesn't have Bruce Campbell, it don't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> More things should have Bruce you, Campbell. Yep. Oh He's a God. titan of the genre. Anyone that said, like, oh, you don't need to see the second Multiverse of Madness, like, after credit scene, it doesn't count. I'm like, cool, thanks for letting me know you're not a person I need in my life. <laughs> If you think Bruce Campbell like doing physical comedy and then breaking the fourth wall isn't something that needs to be seen, get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> we stand, we stand Bruce Campbell at Blake's Buzz. He's that yes. that man is a gym. That yes. man is a gym and wonderful. Also, go watch Bubba Hotep. I haven't watched that in a while either. Right. all right well ben again like thank you so much for spending time with me this evening this was a blast i really do love your comics i really do love your writing and i wish absolutely nothing but the fucking best for you like you deserve it oh thank you so much that means a lot like thank you so much for having me on i have had an absolute blast getting to come on and talk to you tonight so thank you so much for having me